1: Lucky Lefty Podcast, what's good? Happy Wednesday to everyone. The anora boys are in the building. Left will be alone shortly. We are brought to you by Anora Whiskey, Anora Whiskey.com. It is that premium American whiskey, Anora And if you're going to drink, by all means, make sure that you do so responsibly. Lots to get into today. Notre Dame releases its football schedule for 2023. We finally have dates with opponents. Two bye weeks that should bode well for the overall health of the team, which is going to be vitally important as they march towards a national championship and a hopeful college football playoff berth. We'll talk about that. LL question of the day. Is Sam Hartman a top five quarterback in college football next season is sam hartman a top five quarterback in college football next season ll question of the day we'll talk about that heisman odds came out we're going to talk about that as well sam hartman quarterback at notre dame pretty good darn good quarterback it's not shocking That he's high on the list. So we'll get into that as well. Some recruiting news. Recruiting war has begun for one Justin Scott. We'll talk about that. Announcement still intact for January 31st. We'll talk about that as well. And then we'll talk about the Notre Dame staff continuing to be aggressive. As we said, they have a concise list for the 24 class. They know exactly who they want, and they're jumping on these kids early in building relationships. They're already on to 25. They just handed out a couple of more 25 offers on yesterday, and I will look for more offers for the class of 25 coming out very soon. And we will also talk about how Notre Dame has put college football on notice in recruiting. Notre Dame has put college football on notice in recruiting. Let's start with the release of the official schedule for Notre Dame in 2023. Before we do that, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CFB Nation, in conjunction with Irish Breakdown, all of our great content, State of Recruiting, what I got John Garcia Jr. as well. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast.
2: You already know, we spin it. Different.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform.
2: Navy, August 26th,
1: over in Ireland. Shamrock Series should be great. Should be a great experience. September the 2nd, Tennessee State. That's right. The Tigers come to town, the Notre Dame Stadium, on September the 2nd to face off against the Fighting Irish with their head coach, Eddie George. Then on September the 9th, they go on the road, Which could be a sneaky game early in the season. Could be. September 9th, they're at NC State. Last time, I think last time they were at NC State was that crazy rain game. If I'm not mistaken. Like right after the Clemson game. I know NC State has been here. But I'm not sure if Notre Dame has been at NC State since that game. September the 16th, Central Michigan. Comes a call in the Notre Dame Stadium. September 23rd, Ohio State walks into the building. It's going to be a great matchup. They'll have a brand new quarterback. Notre Dame will have a brand new quarterback. More than likely in Sam Hartman. But for the first time, I think Notre Dame in that matchup would have the edge at quarterback. And if you're not going to get, if you're going to get Ohio State, you better do it this year. Get them this year. You have to. You have them at home week five. At that point in time, they probably will be a much better team than they will be early in the season. Cal McCord, if he indeed is the quarterback, will probably, you know, will have some games under his belt, some reps under his belt. So he'll probably be playing a little bit better.
2: Should be interesting. Should be interesting. September 30th. hear me out.
1: This is a game that scares me just a tad a little bit. Right? Mike Elko has done a tremendous job with the Duke program. Riley Leonard is a fantastic young quarterback. Offensively, they could give Notre Dame some problems. I just don't know and Mike Elko Elko has made that team tougher, made them a much better defensive team. With all of the weapons that Sam Hartman has at his at his disposal, and with Sam Hartman's familiarity with Duke, I, I just don't know if they can really score with Notre Dame because Notre Dame's going to be able to get stops defensively, right? I do think Duke is going to be able to put up points. You have to question where Notre Dame would be emotionally. A week after facing Ohio State at home, go on the road, tough environment, tough quarterback, really good coach. It's going to be a task. It's going to be a task. And I think that game against Duke is going to tell you a lot about the toughness of Notre Dame because I believe that game will be an opportunity, just like we saw with Georgia. It's not so much what you can do. Because great teams can win games when they play great. They play their A game, right? That's easy. But the memorable teams and the teams that win championships, when you go back and look at their championship seasons, they're able to win two to three games when they play C to B minus level football as a team. When you're not playing well, can you still find a way to win games? September 30th, in my opinion, will be an opportunity for Notre Dame to show hey, we just put up a great game against Ohio State. Not our best game this week, but we still found a way to win. That might be an indicator of whether or not Notre Dame is truly a title contender. October the 7th at Louisville, Jeff Brom back home. Talented team. I think they're going to be a talented team offensively. I just don't think in his first year he's going to have the depth in the roster to really deal with Notre Dame. Coming back home, October the 14th, Southern Cal. Even more than Ohio State, I feel like we owe Southern Cal. I really do. I feel like, okay, we owe you. We owe you. Right, they were out there. They got the win, important win, going into the Pac-12 championship. We were underhanded. I mean, we were shorthanded, right? Missing our top two defensive backs, going up against Caleb Williams in that wide receiver core. That's a tough task. That's a truly tough task to ask of any football team. And even with Drew Pine at quarterback, I felt like Notre Dame battled. They just made two key mistakes that allowed USC to play from out in front, which is what they want to do. They're front runners. If you allow them to get out in front, that's where they want to be. Then they can keep you off balance and then run the ball in the second half to run out the clock. And that's what they did With Austin Jones, really doing the most damage on the ground in the second half of that game. So, You saw what Utah was able to do, right? Which really was the blueprint for Notre Dame. They're going to punch early. That's what they do. Punch them right back in their mouth. Make it a game. And wear them down. And Utah just physically wore them down because of the lack of depth. This year, USC is going to have more depth. Their young wide receivers are really good. They lose Jordan Addison, Todd Washington and the freshman wide receivers that showed up in the bowl game against Tulane. But once again, you saw Tulane wear them down. Shout out to Tulane for being relentless. Even when it looked bleak there in the fourth quarter, they kept swinging, kept coming back, and eventually the body blows were fatal to USC in that matchup. And so it's going to be the same thing. Like you talk about the offense, Sam Hartman, and the potential that we have to put up points, it's going to be the body blows. It's going to be the body blows because they will have more depth this year. But keeping Alex Grinch, I don't know. Uh, Alex Grinch just adding talent, I don't think it's really going to make that defense better. Their defensive backfield and their linebackers really still don't, don't tackle well. And they're going to continue to tackle not tackle well. And that really has followed Alex Grinch. If you go back the previous four years, even when he was at Oklahoma, defenses didn't tackle well. And I know Notre Dame fans, we have had our years. (laughs) We can go back to where we can point to the Notre Dame defense and say, yeah, we didn't exactly tackle well at at all. So I think that trend is going to continue. And I think eventually Notre Dame will wear USC down and come away with that victory. By week on the 21st, October the 28th, Pittsburgh comes to town. Notre Dame should be able to handle Pittsburgh, uh, a school that I think is in turmoil. Keaton Slovis, they were hoping he would be the answer quarterback after Kenny Pickett goes to the NFL. And with Kenny Pickett developing the way he did for Pittsburgh, you can see the leader he was. He's a great face of that program and leader for that program and losing him I think was a lot bigger than most people surmised at the time but right now Pittsburgh I think they're trying to build back up Uh, Kenny Minchie was their quarterback in their class in 23 he decommits and eventually commits to Notre Dame so that hurts their incoming class and at the time he was the only four star in the class, so it could be some tough times for Pittsburgh next year but they always find a way to be tough on the offensive line and the defensive line like they struggled a lot on the offensive line this year but at the defensive line the defense were pretty good and that's understandable with Pat Narduzzi that's understandable that they would be that way november the 4th man this is where i i don't care i look i I want disrespect to be stacked on November 4th. When we go to Clemson, I need us to beat them down twice. Two years in a row. Leave no doubt moving forward that it's not even close between us as programs. They're not even close to us. you are not even close. I don't care if you got a new offensive coordinator. Matter of fact, we're going to go ahead, and in two or three weeks, we're going to beat Big Brother, and we're going to smack the Little Brother.
2: We're going to beat Big Brother gets the smack at home, and we go on the road, and we smack Little Brother.
1: Two rallies for one next year on this schedule. Should be fun. Should be fun. Bye a week after the Clemson game, and then we end the season Wake Force, which should be really, really interesting with them coming to town with their quarterback now starting for Notre Dame, Dave Clawson. Let's see what he can do with that offense, that mesh offense, without Sam Hartman. And then November 25th, look, I can, I can guarantee you one thing. It's not going to be 16-14 to out there in Palo Alto. It will not be 16-14 next year. I bet the house on that bet the house on that so it's gonna be very interesting going through that schedule what what's your trap game what's the game you're worried about the most as we wait for left to jump on what's the game
2: you worry about the most what's the game you worry about the most I'm telling you, man, that that Duke game, right after Ohio State, immediately jumps off the page to me. I just don't. I don't think it's going to be easy. No, I'm not saying
1: you can beat them the same way, but I don't think the I don't think the Clemson defense. is going to be better than the Notre Dame defense. I don't expect the Clemson offense to be better than the Notre Dame offense. And I expect Brian Mason to have the better special teams unit. So with all of the edges going towards Notre Dame,
2: even with it being on the road, I definitely believe Notre Dame can walk in there next year and come out with a double-digit victory. Won't be easy. No, I'm not saying that at all. But I definitely believe that Notre Dame... I can see Notre Dame going 11-1. and Right, I can see Notre Dame winning two of the three big games. Now you got Ohio State, Southern
1: Cal, and Clemson. I can very easily see Notre Dame going two and one in those games, but with that schedule, eleven and one, the committee would be crazy
2: not to put Notre Dame in. Crazy not to put Notre Dame in the CFP. Lucky Lefty podcast. Left, he's on diaper duty, man.
1: Trying to get things handled feeding the kids, getting them put down. He'll be here shortly. And I'm trying to wait for him before we get into the Sam Hartman conversation of the top five, which should be very interesting because I'm interested in seeing what he has to say. Jay Carr, thank you for tapping in. Are we going to split out a win early in the year against poor teams like we have in recent years? That's got to end now. Um, To be honest – They were handling Navy. They were well on their way to handling Navy. I just don't – I think that was one of the games where the quarterback really didn't handle the pressure when they came all out in the second half because they had nothing else to go to. I don't think they really – I don't know if they can do that to Sam Hartman, but if that's the only way they can stop Notre Dame, then they're going to try it. So we'll see. I doubt it, though. I think they win big. Tennessee State won't be a game. Notre Dame won't struggle against Tennessee State. North Carolina State, man, on the road. You know, NC State's just one of those teams each and every year, even though they had a really bad loss to Boston College at the end of the year at home. NC State's just one of those teams. Even without Devin Leary, they just find a way to be competitive. And, you know, it's on the road. Maybe they can make it tough for a little bit. And maybe, Jay Carr, that's what you're talking about. You know, a team makes it tough for a little bit. NC State maybe makes it tough for a little bit. But ultimately, Notre Dame comes away with that victory. Central Michigan? Nah. (laughs) I'm pretty positive they handle Central Michigan. I'm pretty positive that they have the Central Michigan. And then, we know, we get into this. is Yeah, really the season starts September 23rd. The season starts September 23rd, in my opinion. Absolutely. Super chat. Truman, Theodore Dumel. What can add Justin Scott and John Baptiste really mean for Notre Dame football as far as depth? P.S. That hat is a volcano. Where can I get it? appreciate it. and I have more information on the hat and apparel coming soon. We've got some big things coming up that we're planning for blue and gold on April 22nd as well. So we'll both be in South Bend. So we're building towards that. Uh, Justin Scott won't play with John Baptiste. John Baptiste is a grad transfer. He'll play this year. And if Justin Scott is at Notre Dame, he won't be able to play until
2: next year. But uh both add depth to the defensive line. And when I say depth,
1: I'm talking about numbers. The defensive line doesn't have a, a
2: numbers problem. We just don't know if who can play. It's not like the situation with the wide
1: receivers last year where you literally had numbers issues. Like you just didn't have the bodies. In the spring, to practice, in the fall, you just didn't have the healthy bodies, right? And then you lose Avery Davis, right? Then you have other injuries at the wide receiver position. You had guys fighting through injuries in fall camp because they knew they didn't have numbers. So it was was just difficult. It was difficult. The defensive line, they have numbers along the defensive line. It's just a matter of who can get the job done. And that's what they have to figure out in the spring, and that's what they have to figure out in the fall. But they believe in the talent that they have, especially the young talent, Josh Burnham, Botello. They believe in the guys. It's just a matter of, like I
2: said, Do they get the job done? Do they get the job done?
1: Eric Ward says, Sorry, Sean, but with the losses we had against Marshall and Stanford, I think we go nine and three. I mean, if you're talking about them losing the three games, the big three games, yeah. But. This is what confuses me. Like, you're the same person when Sam Hartman came and we were saying relax about Sam Hartman. Like, you jumped on us for being even killed on Sam Hartman and not overreacting to him coming to Notre Dame. But now, you say they're going 9-3 comparing them to last year when they didn't have competent quarterback play to start the season and both of those matchups
2: now they do so i don't get the correlation like do you believe
1: in the quarterback or don't you believe in the quarterback do you believe that the quarterback situation is better or don't you believe that the quarterback situation is better i mean that's something that uh Uh, Sean, please tell me that Indy is already on Los Espinesa in Illinois for the 2025 class. I don't think they've offered him yet. He's on the radar. I know Tommy is in Chicago for, I want to say, the next two to three days, culminating with him being at St. Ignatius'
2: basketball game on Thursday night. So... we'll see we'll see we'll see
1: but as of now I don't think he's been one of the 25 offers and you know his older brother AJ uh, plays in the NFL went to Iowa was a very good player so uh, it won't be long I'm sure he'll get an offer another super chat from Truman appreciate you bro is there a running back you can't wait to see play with Diggs and estimate
2: I think,
1: of course, Jadarian Price, just based off what I saw in practices and then in the spring game. You know, he would be at the top of my list. Because I just want to see if he's healthy. That's one of my first – one of the first things my eyes are going to fixate on when I get to that first spring practice is how does Jadarian Price look? How is he moving? How's he running? Does he have the same speed? Does he have the same shiftiness coming back off that Achilles? And because they have depth at the running back position, I would be cool with him not really coming back until week three or four
2: during the season.
1: If he didn't start playing at the beginning of the season, I would have no problem with that. Give him as much time to get himself back
2: fully healthy and ready to go. And just don't rush him back. Josh Buffo, the motivational business banker. We
1: appreciate you, Josh. Toughest game quarterback-wise is USC. OSU and Clemson are breaking in new quarterbacks and coordinators. ND is primed for a run with the old line running back and wide receivers to have a legit quarterback now. 12-0 playoff run. Let's go. Hey, Josh,
2: hey, it's possible. It's absolutely possible. Matt D, yo. I agree with you. And
1: that's one thing I can say about Ryan Day. He has gained a reputation on the circuit for developing quarterbacks. Now, you might say Ohio State really hasn't developed quarterback that's been good on the next level in the NFL. And you will be correct in saying that, right? Justin Fields is trying to change that narrative slowly but surely for the Chicago Bears. And C.J. Stroud, as he enters the NFL draft, will join him in that task. But Ryan Day, when it comes to developing guys on the college level, pretty good track record. Pretty good track record when you look at what Justin Fields was able to do, when you look at what C.J. Stroud was able to do. And I fully expect Cal McCord to come in and be a pretty good quarterback right game plan development they're just not really a tough team right and ultimately if i think
2: notre dame really showed that like let's be rest keeping a buck notre dame showed that
1: and this goes to what many of you guys are saying in the chat i think many They tried to come in and finesse Notre Dame and Notre Dame pretty much just physically and schematically forced them into running the ball. The only difference is I believe Notre Dame not only was worn down because of how much time they spent on the field defensively late in that game because the offense really couldn't get the ball moving and take advantage of certain situations. And they just couldn't tackle late in that game. I mean, they had opportunities to bring Miami Williams down and they had arm tackling, linebackers in the wrong gap, out of position. Like I said, they could have been weary. That could have been part of it. But at the end of the day, you have to be able to make those plays. Like, you're up 10-7 at that point. I don't care what the offense hasn't done. 10-7, you have the opportunity to hold them to a field goal. We we all know what happened. Big third down, third and eight. They make a big play on second down. Get them in third and long, where they had been successful all night against Ohio State in third and long. And, you know, Al Golden, they lose to and Al Golden comes out of the timeout with one of his world-famous safety blitzes from 15 yards off the ball. And from that point, things went downhill.
2: So, it's um, it's one of those things, man. It's just one of those things. But I think Notre
1: Dame was the first team, in my opinion, that showed that Ohio State wasn't really a tough team. I think Notre Dame just got tired at the end of that game. They got tired, and they were able to take advantage of Notre Dame being tired defensively and run the ball to be effective. And then C.J. Stroud made some clutch third down throws
2: late in that game. So I, look... Doma Wap, I agree. But his teams are soft. And his teams choke. When they play tough teams,
1: when you look, go look at the last three games. Like Maryland, go watch the Ohio State Maryland game. Maryland physically pushed Ohio State around, that's why they stayed in that game. Because that's what you can do to an Ohio State team. They want to come in, finesse you. That's what Ryan Day wants to do. He wants to throw the ball 45, 50 times. And if you can shut that down and force them to do other things, they struggle. They struggle. As great as... Oh, man. Remember, we put posted the video when Holly Rowe went to... The camp, right? She, all oh, they have wide receivers running all over the place. They're like five, seven deep at the wide receivers as she's eating her fruit and talking about the shish kebab she had. And just, man, pumping Ohio State up, right? And everybody wants to point to losing Marvin Harrison Jr. in that game, which is a big loss. But you have a plethora, plethora of wide receivers. What's the problem? Can they run and catch? Because That's what wide receivers do. Run and catch. And Buka was still out there. He made plays early in the game. Where was he in the fourth quarter? Where was he? He had the opportunity to catch a ball in that last drive where they ultimately had to settle for a 50-yard field goal to win the game
2: and Noah Ruggles missed. Step up, make a play. Step up and make a
1: play. And that's what Notre Dame is going to have to do this year. They're going to have to step up and make plays. This is not a year for excuses. You're going to have an opportunity in these three big games to win games. Step up and make the plays. I don't care if it's low scoring. I don't care if it's high scoring. Do whatever you have to do to win the game. That's what championship teams do. Yeah, shish kebabs, fruit, sweat pouring down her cheeks, her forehead, and she's just blow, man. Just falling in love with Ohio State. Still one of the craziest videos. I'm thinking ND is Boots Ennis this season. Ooh, I like that. Boots Ennis, Philly. That's tough, dude. I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing him against Bud or Spence. Uh, Which teams are Bud and Spence? That's a great question, Jason Hewlett. That's a great question. That's a fantastic question. Which teams would be Bud and Spence? Georgia has to be Bud, right? Yes, Georgia has to be Bud Crawford. No, that's the champ. They're the champ. They can win. Many, they can win a lot of different ways. They've shown that back-to-back championships has to be Bud Crawford, and then Spence. He's fought through a lot
2: recently. Came back, still looked good. Now he's dealing with something else. Maybe Alabama, maybe because I think Alabama has gone
1: through a lot of turmoil, losing the championship game in Georgia and then having a disappointing season with the talent they had last year. Golding leaving, going to Ole Miss, even though he probably is going to be let let go anyway by Nick Saban. And they're probably going to change OCs. Bill O'Brien won't be there either. So I would say Alabama. Like, if you find some better better connection, let me know. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. Honey Glaze Holly. Oh, man. Y'all wild. Y'all getting bug wild. You're bug wild in the chat today,
2: Seven Mules. Honey Glaze Holly. Look. (laughs) Relax. Truman Dumel. Talk about the development of Aiden Gavira and Howard
1: Cross since they arrived at South Bend and what they've become. I think Howard Cross has really become a very good 30 to 35 snap disruptor and pass rusher on the interior. He's probably the best interior pass rusher right now until someone else comes along and takes that title and practices this spring or in the fall, I'm very pleased with his development. I I think he'll find his way onto an NFL roster. I really do. And when he gets to the NFL, I think he's going to have enough versatility as a pass rusher to get some really good coaching at his size and possibly, if not be an interior rusher, uh, situational rusher, on passing downs, which is pretty much 65% of the time in the NFL right now. Or even more, maybe an end in a 3-4 with a certain team. Uh, He might be able to do that as well. So it should be
2: interesting. That's a good question, Truman. Thank you for that. That's... That's... uh, But Aiden Gabira, in my
1: opinion... You know what, Aiden Gabirah gets talked about a lot because just physically his measurables lead people to believe that he can be a force along the defensive line. And you know how you watch your wrestling, favorite wrestling match? And Aiden Gabirah, now stay with me because I might show my age a little bit, but those of you that can relate to it, and put a different example in the chat. Feel free. Ain't goodbye for me was like watching
2: Kevin Von Erich. Kevin Von Eric From uh, W.
1: Wrestling back in the day. Fought Ric Flair for the title, I think. On
2: four different occasions. And I think eventually. Every time he fought Ric Flair, either he basically, every time he fought Ric
1: Flair, if you go watch the match, he kicked Ric Flair's butt the majority of the match. This is my boy, Kevin, Kevin Von Eric, is my favorite Von Eric. Barefoot, kind of like Ricky Steamboat is tough, had the claw just like David, you know, had the abdominal claw and the head claw. He just, a- all-around technician, love Kevin Von Every time he fought Flair,
2: like Flair would cheat, get disqualified. Um, what was the bum referee from down there, Fritz? Uh,
1: Fritz something. But I remember one time, Kevin Von Erich, dude, he's battering Ric Flair. Ric Flair is bleeding from the forehead. Man, he hits him with the claw. Then he hits him with the abdominal claw. Him and Flair going at it. The referee gets knocked out the ring. He's outside. David Manning comes in, the other referee. And he's trying to referee the match. He gets knocked down. Flair throws Kevin Von Eric over the top rope. He comes back in the ring. Kevin Von Eric throws Flair over the top rope. And when he throws Flair over the top rope, Fritz, the other referee, the first referee, is just waking up and coming to. He sees Flair coming over the top rope. Flair gets back in the ring. Kevin body slams him. Goes to the top rope. Backward somersault off the top rope. One, two, three. Wins the championship, right? His bigger brother, David Von Eric, comes from the back. They're in the corner. They're celebrating. Everybody's going crazy down to Texas, for the Texas boys. He's the world champion. He just beat Ric Flair. And here comes Fritz in the ring talking to David Manning like, no, 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 no. He threw him over the top rope. And it's like, what? And they award the match to Ric Flair, and he keeps his championship. And that's Aiden Gabiro. It's like, man, you keep hearing about what he's doing in practice. You know he has the measurables. Everything's great. You're waiting for him to pop. He just can't pick up enough weight, maybe, to make the impact. And you just keep waiting. You keep feeling like you're right there where he's going to break out, and it doesn't happen. Just like I was waiting. I just kept waiting for Kevin Von Eric to finally be the champion. Like he's right there. And something would always happen. And his matches with Ric Flair to keep him from being a champion. And it's the same thing, man. It's the same thing. It's almost like watching that match where your favorite wrestler is fighting somebody and they keep going one, two, and I swear on that third way down, the shoulder keeps popping up. And that's Aiden Gabbara. And hopefully, you know, we can get that three count with him and he can have a breakout year at some point at Notre Dame. So, that's a good question. But for me, that is Aiden Gabbard and his time in Notre Dame. We're just waiting for him to break out. And hopefully this year will be that year. Lucky Lefty Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify. Follow us on YouTube, Lucky Lefty Podcast. Smash the like button, share, hit the notification bell.
2: Let everybody know. Lucky Lefty Podcast. We spin it different. All right. Left isn't here, so we're going to hop into this top five conversation
1: with Sam Hartman. Is Sam Hartman a top five
2: quarterback in college football next year? Um, Right off the bat, I'm definitely saying yes,
1: right? Just right off the bat, I'm definitely saying yes. And then I have to take a step back because I feel like each and every year there's going to be one to two newcomers to the conversation, right? So I would say Joe Milton is somebody mid-season that I could say he's better than Sam Hartman depending upon what he's doing, right? Because I easily said Hendon Hooker was better than Sam Hartman this year. Easily. I would not have said that coming into the season. But once the season started, I saw what he was doing for Tennessee. It's like, yeah, Hendon Hooker is a better quarterback than Sam Hartman this year. Joe Milton has the same same quarterback, same system. Better tools than Hendon Hooker, in my opinion. Much better arm than Hendon Hooker. That system that spreads out the wide receivers outside the hashes and just gives vertical opportunities on each play with Josh Heupel being a really good play caller. He could jump up, right? Heck, Dante Moore is a freshman with Chip Kelly at UCLA. You saw the bowl game. You saw what he did. You saw the talent. Chip Kelly has a lot to work
2: with, with that young man. You know, is Sam Hartman better than Bo Nix? Is
1: he? Based upon last year, would you say Sam Hartman is better than Bo Nix? Would you say that Sam Hartman is better than Michael Penix Jr. at Washington?
2: Go look at the stats. Just go look at the stats and what he was able to do. Would you be able to clearly say
1: that Sam Hartman is better than Michael Penix Jr.? I'm not talking about career. I'm talking about was he a better quarterback than Michael Penix Jr. last year? Because we're not talking about a career. We don't care what Sam Hartman did at Wake Forest. What can you do at Notre Dame in 2023
2: specifically against Ohio State, USC, and Clemson? That's why you're being brought here. You're not coming to Notre Dame to get Notre Dame to
1: 9-3. That's not why Sam Hartman was thought about, recruited, and ultimately brought to Notre Dame. That's not it. That's not it. So I'm just throwing names out there. Because right off the top, I'm like most of you. Heck yeah, Sam Hartman is a top five quarterback. And then I took a step back, and I really looked at how college football historically goes where you have two quarterbacks just come out of nowhere,
2: right? And you're like, Hmm. Drake May came out of nowhere. Sam Howell was the incumbent for many years in North Carolina.
1: Next thing you know, here's Drake May. He's on the scene. Now this dude is like the number one quarterback going to the 24th
2: draft by some. No one saw that coming. We didn't see it coming. Who's going to be that guy? Could it be a Cal McCord? Could it be a
1: K Clubman that makes a jump and becomes one of those guys? We don't know. We don't know. But what we know for sure is that you have Caleb Williams and you definitely have Drake May in front of Hartman. And then you have to ask yourself about the next guy or two. That's going to jump up. Then you have to ask yourself about a Bo Nix. You have to ask yourself about a Joe Milton. If he stays on the same track that Hendon Hooker was on. You have to ask yourself about a Michael Penix.
2: These are the questions you have to ask. So he could be top five. Sam Hartman could be. Sam Hartman
1: could be the sixth or seventh best quarterback in the country and Notre Dame can still get to the playoffs. That's the beautiful thing about the situation. Hartman does not have to be
2: top five based upon performance. He's in a system where he doesn't
1: need to throw for 300 yards to win games. He doesn't have to. And I think a lot of people If you were to come back and say Sam Hartman isn't a top-five quarterback or won't be a top-five quarterback next year, some people might take that as being disrespectful. And it's not disrespectful at all. It's just looking at the landscape and then understanding what Sam Hartman was asked to do at Wake Forest and what he's going to be asked to do at Notre Dame. Which, in my opinion, are going to be two totally different things. Is Sam Hartman going to be better than J.J. McCarthy next year? Does J.J. McCarthy McCarthy took a step this year?
2: Does he take another step next year? Drew Allen, first-time quarterback for Penn State. Penn State will be a top-10 team.
1: We get to see who he is. I just think it's going to be very interesting. But the great thing is, and thank you for this. Good comment, God's Thumb 22.
2: Devin Leary has an opportunity to get healthy, right the ship, new location, and do what he does. So,
1: You know, I just wanted to point that out, because I think he's fourth in Heisman odds right now, and that's very much because of him, but it's also because of Notre Dame. The brand, the opportunity to win, and the situation that he's walking into, it really is a good position for Sam Hartman. Heck, it would have been a great position for anybody, any one of these quarterbacks that were in the transfer portal. Would have benefited greatly from ending up at uh, at Notre Dame. That's easy. That's absolutely easy. You know what, Brandon? That's that's interesting. Jackson Dart in his second year down there at Ole Miss. I, I he bears watching. I, I agree. I agree. He was a better quarterback this year than he was at USC. And I expect him to be a better quarterback next year than he was in his first year under Lane Kiffin. That's a good call, Brandon. That's a very good call on that.
2: Yeah, and we'll see. I I agree with you, my brother. We'll see. But the first part is what I agree with. I ain't seen a lit
1: Penn State quarterback my entire life. I disagree with that. I disagree with that. My boy that just took them to the Rose Bowl. I love that little kid. Love that little kid. He wore number nine. His name starts with an M. His his last name escapes me right now. That dude was an ultimate competitor, dude.
2: Ultimate competitor. Trace McSorley, yes. Trace McSorley was a baller. A baller. That dude was lit. I love Trace. Trace used to ball, man. Trace used to ball. I'll save this one for later. And from what it... Yeah, Drew Aller, you know, should have been at Notre Dame, honestly. From what I hear. He should have been at Notre Dame. And... Now he's at Penn State. And from what I've heard, that dude has a cannon. Cannon. All right. So, yeah. That's it. I think
1: it's going to be a great opportunity for Sam Hartman to come in and prove himself. But I'm just not sure if he's going to be considered one of the top five quarterbacks in college football. And that's not a bad thing, right? You know, because we, we, we stuck to, we were in neutral as a podcast when the decision was made and the, it was officially announced that Sam Hartman was coming to Notre Dame and we call some slack for that. That's cool. That's cool. We could deal with the backlash. We could deal with the slack, right? Cause we didn't just immediately jump on the national championship boat when Sam Hartman decided to come to Notre Dame, because we understand that football is, is not just a quarterback and scoring. Some other things that you have to do and some other things that need to be shored up before we start talking about legit national championship contenders. And we played neutral. And even with this, you know, we're just being honest and looking at college football and asking ourselves, I don't know what he threw. Sam threw for thirty
2: eight hundred last year, right? I don't know if Sam throws for thirty eight hundred with Notre Dame. There'll ever be no need. I think the last offense
1: that that was that was that prolific was like one of the Oklahoma offenses. And then the USC 05 offense. It was something crazy. I think Lindell White. Matt Leinert had 3,800 yards passing. Now, this is just Matt Leinert. Heisman Award winner. Like one of his best seasons ever. He had 3,800 yards passing. Lindell White and Reggie Bush had 3,767 yards
2: of total offense as the running backs. 50-50, man. So that means the running backs accounted for pretty much 50%
1: of the offense and liner's passing was like the other 50%. And that's that's balance, but we're talking about an all time offense. And they had two receivers over a thousand yards. No, they had one receiver over a thousand yards, and then Steve Smith was like 32 yards short, and Jared was over a thousand. It was just crazy, man. Their numbers were crazy. So now, when you look at Notre Dame. That man, we can. That's another question. If Notre
2: Dame has a thousand-yard receiver, who would it be this year? Like, who would be your vote? I don't know if Estim and Diggs can get to thirty-seven hundred yards total, but I think they can get to three thousand collectively. Total offense, yards from scrimmage.
1: I think they can get to 3,000. And I think Sam Hartman, 3,500. 3,300 to 3,500. Just because he's not being asked weekly to do what he had to do to win games to Wake Forest. But he's going to be far more efficient, in my opinion. So more touchdowns probably, less interceptions. So. He could be top five on the fringe, and then he could be outside the top five. Either way, the Notre Dame offense should be absolutely fantastic. Lucky Lefty Podcast, Apple Podcast Spotify. Follow us on YouTube at Lucky Lefty Pod on Instagram and Twitter. CFB Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown, all of our great content. Leave five stars. We appreciate your comments. We respond to all questions. And comments, especially on our YouTube page, we appreciate you guys. The climb to five thousand is real, and it's all because of you that we've had the success that we enjoy today. And we get up and talk Notre Dame football and college football and everything because of you. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know we spin it different. <laughs>